Hello, everybody. We got early positional rankings. They're going to continue now with the top 10 left wingers. Yeah, we did our centers, and now we got to do some left wingers here. There are some beauties, and we got to talk about them. All right. I'm talking points, I'm talking category leagues as usual. Let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You're listening to Cream of the Crop. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Cream of the Crop and Apples and Geno's presentation. I'm your host, Blake Creamer. Follow me on X. It's at Blake Creamer AG. Also, please head on over to the Apples and Geno's Discord. Link is in the description. You click on it and you join our server. We got lots of like-minded fantasy managers. It's popping off. Things are, are starting to pick up a little bit in there, as I said last episode. And uh, yeah, come you know draft season, there's just a ton of uh, really smart fantasy managers in there. Plus, you got us. You got the A&G boys. And we're getting to biz all over the place. Do not bring a black light in there. All right? That's all I'll say about that. Giggity. Yeah. Also, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just consider giving the pod a rating. I'm going to do this for a little bit to try and get our ratings up. All right. That just helps us out so much uh, getting this out to more people. So and thank you to those of you who have already done that. We see those. We appreciate you. We validate you. You're beautiful and unique snowflakes. But I digress. As usual, we got to get to biz. Um, I want to keep this episode a little bit shorter if possible. So, you know, I'm not going to do crazy deep dives on these players uh, because it is early, right? Um, but uh, you definitely, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the top 10 centers. It's early centers, right? Um, in points leagues and category leagues. And, you know, these lists are subjective. I would love to hear your thoughts on them, though. That'd be amazing. But they're subjective, and uh, they're probably going to change a little bit, shuffle around as we get closer to puck drop on the season, just seeing the way, uh, you know, the lines go and players' deployment and all that stuff. But let's get into it. Uh, And I'm going to do something a little different for this episode as opposed to what I did in the centers episode. I'm going to go from number 10 down to number 1. All right, we're going to try that. We're, we're, just, we're just trying stuff. We're throwing stuff out of wall, seeing what sticks. We're having a super time doing it, okay? Okay, so let's go. Um, before we start this, I've projected, actually, all these left-wingers here. So I'll give my point projection as well. So, again, hit me up with any thoughts on those projections as well. I'd love to hear that. But I'll give you what I got, all right? At number 10, I've got John Gaudreau. Johnson. Yes, sir. All right. Of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, John Gaudreau. Um, you know, <laughs> he he doesn't care about money. All right. He cares about family and he cares about living close to home. And you gotta respect a man like that. Um, you know, but it might not have been the best move for him fantasy-wise, right? Uh his last season in Calgary, 115 points in 82 games. That's a career high. Blasted his previous mark there. Um, first season in Columbus, 74 points in 80 games. Didn't go so well, you know, and he was a part of that, but obviously Columbus had an insane amount of man games lost due to injury and big injuries to boot, right? We got Zach Wierenski out for most of the season, Patrick Laine in and out for most of the season. These are key guys, you know, and and then the wheels just started falling off. Any player they bring in, he'd get injured. All their D was injured. They had, you know, crazy guys in there at, at some points. And But John Gaudreau, 80 games. Thank you for your service, my man. That's excellent. So let's do a little deep dive into what John Gaudreau was able to do here. And, and before I get into that, too, I, I will say, you know, he did his, his overall shooting percentage that he had was the second lowest of his career, 9.5% at all strengths. That's, that, that show ain't no good. His big season in Calgary, he shot 15.3 for 40 goals, right? So um, obviously a big regression there. Um, you know, he had 23 power play points. His ice time did go up 19 minutes and 25 seconds as opposed to 18.35 with his last season in Calgary. Those are some basic stats I want to get under the hood and take a look at what's good with John Gaudreau. So... First off, um, his even strength shooting percentage, uh, as I mentioned, shooting percentage at all strengths, yucky. Even strength shooting percentage was absolute garbage. The second lowest of his career, it was 8.28%. Oh, buddy, that that show ain't no good. Come on, JG. 
Um, you know, that's not exactly normal for him. He's only been under, you know, double digits, under 10% in three seasons, right? Um, and this was one of them. It wasn't a great season there uh, for his shooting percentage and his luck metrics, right? Um, so let's keep going on John Gaudreau here. His, the on-ice shooting percentage for Columbus was the third lowest of his entire career, and that makes total sense with, with all the injuries that he had. I mean, he's got Boone Jenner, but, he, you know, Boone Jenner can't do it all. He can almost do it all, but not the whole thing, all right? He's going to need a little bit of help. Like I said, it, it's hard to take anything from the season in Columbus with all the injuries they had to deal with. But when you got a healthy Zach Wierenski coming back, Patrick Laine, and the solid additions on the back end, um, you know, that Dangus Ivan Provorov and uh, Damon Severson, you know, it, they're, they're just, they're shoring up the back end. I think that's a, a really good, a couple good moves by Columbus. And also bringing in Babcock as coach. Um, obviously, he's not, uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of the man because, because he's a, you know, just a jerk off, right? And, that, and that's confirmed. So bringing him in as a coach is a bit of a red herring. He, you know, he's a notoriously tough coach, uh, but he does re reward hard work. And he's also almost universally recognized as a great X's and O's coach. So, you know, um, technically he's, he's could be one of the best, right? He's just a dingus, but uh, hopefully he's developed himself a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, joining this team, um, because that show ain't no good. You can't, you can't coach like that anymore. I don't think. But if Gaudreau keeps his nose down and plays hard, he, I think he could bounce back big time. I don't think we'll see the gaudy numbers from Calgary a year ago anytime soon, but he's a dynamic player, and his team should be much better this season. I have John Gaudreau projected for 83 big ones, 83 points. I think that's that's a conservative projection for him. You know, I, I, I would like to see more. This is with uh, just over 19 minutes, time on ice. You know, cooking on the power play, 27 points, but... You know, he has a he has a bit more of a ceiling there, I think, with some of the percentages. But when you bring a new coach in and, you know, I, I'm a little bit wary of John Gaudreau. But at number 10, I think, uh, for left-wingers, I think that's totally reasonable. And he's probably going to have a good season. His floor is very solid. So there you go, John Gaudreau at 10. The reason I call him John Gaudreau, I swear, it's, it's the season that uh, the last time... Uh, Calgary and Vancouver played in the playoffs. Jim Hewson, what the hell? Um, he's a broadcaster out in Vancouver here. He does CBC, obviously. But he would just, it was just constant. Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau. It just kept saying Johnny Gaudreau. So from, from that point forward, he's known as John Gaudreau or Johnson Gaudreau. All right, book it. That's how we do. So just a little backstory there. All right, to my uh, dementia. All right, let's move on. At number nine, I've got Alex DeBrinkett of the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, this is a player I'm pretty excited about for sure. Um, if you look at his season there in Ottawa, he played all 82 games, so that's nice. Popped for 66 points. So that's that's the lowest point uh, pace and point total that he's had in, uh, or point pace in three seasons. So that, that that's not maybe what you wanted to see, uh, Ottawa fans anyway. But uh, 27 goals, 39 assists. He was minus 30. Oh, God. That that stinks. All right? But, um, you know, whatever. Shooting percentage was way down at all, at, at all strengths, 10.3%. You know, he's he's a high conversion guy. His career average is 14.5, and he shot 10.3 last year. That's, that's showing no good. But, you know, uh, his power play numbers really bolstered him. He had a career high there, 30 power play points. His ice time did go down by almost two minutes in his first season in Ottawa. So that's something to keep an eye on. But it could be one of the reasons why I think he's going to be much better with Detroit. Let's dive in. Debrinket here with Ottawa had a comically low shooting percentage at even strength. It was 7.19%. Uh, and uh, that that's just not, um, you know... He's usually uh, he's usually in double digits, right? And sometimes I, I think he can reach even higher heights. Like he's he's had a couple seasons of fifteen percent and over, right? So I think it's somewhere in between, but definitely higher than seven point one nine. I think he's going to be up in double digits next season. So that means more goals. And you know what? His on ice shooting percentage as well. That was shocking. That was six point eight. Sheesh, at even strength. So for reference, 9 to 10.5 is kind of average. That's sort of what I like to see, especially for an offensive team. You can get even higher than that. So 
to break it at 6.8, yeah, like his teammates were not converting, right? And uh, Ottawa as a team, I'll talk about that a little later, but Ottawa as a team, they really had struggles at even strength um, with their efficiency. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But this man isn't in Ottawa anymore. He's going to Detroit. He's going to Motown. So I like to bring it for a bounce back in Detroit. I think all those metrics that I mentioned, they are going to regress positively back up to the mean. I think also uh, his ice time should rise as well. So like I said, he, he lost just about two minutes off his ice time going from Chicago to Ottawa. I don't think he'll get that two minutes back, but maybe a minute. So I think... You know, in Detroit, I bet he'll get 20 minutes and over. I projected him for 20 minutes and over. And he's going to be the guy there, right? It's Debrinket, it's Larkin, and it's um, Lucas Raymond. They're the guys. That's a clear top line, top power play. No one's coming for this guy's minutes. And I think he's going to eat. I think he's going to chug minutes there. So I'm excited about that because he's done that before. But you know what? It's a new player on a new team. We don't know until we know. But we've seen Debrinket perform at a very good level before he's still young um Alex Dabrinkin he's only 25 so he's in the wheelhouse um I definitely see 40 goals next season with Dabrinkin and his usual perifs book it um I've got Dabrinkin projected for a cool 84 points and I like this projection because I think you know that this is this is reasonable I think um I'm try, I try to make my projections I don't, I don't want to go too crazy unless I really have a feeling about a guy but to bring it I've got him for 43 goals 41 assists with 111 hits as well with just over 20 minutes average time on ice I think it's going to be a good bounce back season so he's a point per game player with a little bit of a higher ceiling but you know a lot of things are going to have to go right he's going to have to start cooking again with his percentages and that may happen that may not I, I've Projected him with conservative uh, increases in his percentages there, his efficiency. So, but I like that player. I've got him at number nine. Let's go to number eight from the New Jersey Devils, Timo Meyer. It's Timo time. You're not part of the turbo team. Don't run. You don't run with us. We're the ones who run. Until you're part of this turbo team, walk slowly. Bang. You know, I've talked about Meyer at length in, in a lot of different places here, but, you know, bears repeating. Uh, this is a player I'm excited about. New Jersey is a team I am very excited about coming into fantasy. I think that's that's no secret, right? That's not a hot, hot take. That's not a fantasy secret, right? Everybody, the top six in New Jersey, ridiculous, all right? Um, Meyer in New Jersey is going to be very interesting next season. Um, you know, I dug into a few things here. This is a player who who really excels at, you know, when he was with San Jose, especially at the cycle and forecheck type offense, right? So you get in the zone and you set up, right? That's something that Timo Meyer does very well and generates chances off that. Um, now he's in New Jersey. New Jersey, they like to play the rush and they got more shots on goal per 60 off the rush chances than any other team in the entire league led by Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt. These guys... They like to push the pace, right? So Meyer will definitely need to adapt a bit going from San Jose to New Jersey, and he did. I dug in a little bit more, and at all strengths with San Jose, listen to this. Timo Meyer, he had 10.9 shots on goal per 60 off of rush chances. So that's with San Jose. Uh, in his time with New Jersey, he upped that from 10.9 to 15.09. So he, he adjusted. He became more of a rush-type player, getting, getting shots off the rush. So um, I think that he can and he will adapt his game. I do believe he's in a great spot to really crush this season. Uh, that said, I projected him conservatively because of sort of the way he, he was really snake bit at the end of the season there with New Jersey. Didn't put up a lot of points, even in the playoffs. But I really do believe that his ceiling is much higher. I dare say ceiling even 90 points, you know, if the stars align with Meyer. But, I mean, what I mean by that is he's going to need premium deployment for that to happen, like 20 minutes and over, which I don't think he'll receive. I do think his average time on ice is actually going to drop a bit with New Jersey, but the on-ice numbers, I think, should improve. Plus, you know, he's a damn prime rib roast. He's a beefer, beefcake. Love this man. It's Timo time. I'm excited for him. Um, this year, I projected Timo Meyer for 79 points. So um, the reason I've got him higher than the, the other guys I mentioned here is I really do like Meyer's ceiling. And if you have any kind of banger waiting in your points league, I mean, I've got him projected for 154 hits. 
So it's it's a beautiful player. I think he's, you know, the sky's the limit, but, you know, we got to see it first, right? We knew what to expect in San Jose. We're still trying to figure it out in New Jersey. So, um, you know, I'm tentative, a little tentative on Meyer projecting him for more than this, but I think it's in the wheelhouse and he could do a lot better. All right, let's move on. Number seven, Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. Sarah Connor. Yes. <laughs> He's a great player. Um, yeah, uh, Let's take a look at what Kyle was able to do last season um, in Winnipeg season. He played all 82 games and picked up 81 points, 32 goals, 49 assists. That's nice. Um, you know, his shooting percentage was the second lowest of his career last season at all strengths with 11.7. Um, for reference, he's usually in, you know, between the 14 to 16 range. So when he... he he only hit at 11.7 last season. So that's that's a little bit off. And he shot a lot less last season as well. But his deployment is very strong. He averaged, uh, you know, 20 and a half minutes last season. So I don't think that's going to change. And he, he had a career high on the power play with 29 power play points. So Kyle Connor is looking good. Winnipeg in general is going to be a, a different looking team coming into this season here. So let's get into it. Kyle Connor, very consistent player with consistent deployment, as I mentioned. Um, with big pieces like Blake Wheeler and PLD moved out of Winnipeg, I think it's Kyle Connor. I think it's Nikolaj Ehlers. Uh, Nikolaj. Yeah, they're going to be relied on heavily to carry this offensive load. Last season, shots of goal per 60 for Connor dropped from 9.71 to 8.18. And I know that doesn't seem like much, but pair that with a uh, negative regression in sh uh, shot percentage, and it makes a big difference, right? That's the big difference between, you know, 47 goals and 32 goals, right? I think that those things will come back to the mean, and I think he's going to be a 40-goal guy again with potential for more. And like I said, he had a career-high 29 power play points last year as well, and I think that's solid. I think with the emergence of Morrissey, a uh, true number one power play quarterback on the back end, and hopefully a full-time uh, Nikolai Ehlers on power play one, I think these guys can still cook. I think they got some gas in the tank. I expect um, a higher point total than last year for Connor, and the Jets could surprise um, if they're able to keep Hellebuck in net for the year as well. I know there's been lots of talk about trading Hellebuck, you know, at some point, and I, I don't know. Um... Yeah, that's, that's going to change their fantasy outlook for sure. If they lose um, Hellebuck to a trade, it'd be interesting to see who comes back. I don't know. But for now, Kyle Connor is going to be the guy for this team. And that's always a great spot to be in when you can produce like this man has in the past. I have Connor projected for 87 points. So a modest increase in uh, offensive output, you know, 43 goals, 44 assists with 30 power play points. So that's all looking good under the hood. I, I just think I have Connor for, yeah, he's just under 21 minutes. So this projection here, I think is, there's not a lot of room for it to grow, right? Because he's, he's projected just under 21 minutes, lots of deployment. Um, I projected him for, for big shots as well, like a rebound in, in uh, shots and goal per 60. So We'll see. I like Connor this year. I think he's going to be a great pick, and he, he's the go-to there for sure. Next up is number six, and I'm going with Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, let's take a look at what uh, Big Brady did. He played all 82 games as well last season. That's great um, with Ottawa. 83 points in 82 games, including 35 goals, 48 assists. You know, he kept his shot percentage kind of uh, in line with, with some of the best that he's ever had, which is not that great, 10.1%. So he's not a high conversion guy, and, and I'm not sure that he ever will be Brady Kachuk, but, you know, he converted at the rate that he normally does. But he did up his shot count. Um, his hits are ridiculous. He had a career high in power play points with 29. And this is all in just 18 minutes and 38 seconds average time on ice. So Brady Kachuk, he does a lot of things so well. I, I do want to talk about um, Brady in points leagues. I, I really, I, I like Brady Kachuk in points leagues as well. And as you can see, I've got him ranked here at sixth as, uh, for left wingers. I just think he has more in the tank at even strength. Ottawa as a team at even strength. Like, like just check this out as well as digging in. 
Ottawa's a team at even strength, seventh overall in shots four per 60, seventh in the entire league. They were dead last in shooting percentage at even strength, dead last. That sucks. Oh, that's shocking, right? That cannot continue. That will not continue. That's not going to happen again next season. Now, I'm not saying it's going to pop off and, you know, go, you know, number one or number top five in the league. No, but even if it goes to 15th, that's still going to be a major increase in uh, the production of their, you know, especially their top six, Kachuk included, right? And this man's advanced metrics are freaking choice. Oh my God. Like, check this out at all strengths. I got to say it. Shots on goal per 60 rank, Brady Kachuk, third in the league, individual Corsi four per 60 rank, 10th in the league, individual scoring for, uh, scoring chances four per 60, third in the league. Good Lord. This, this guy, um, I love it. I, I love, I take a lot of comfort in these metrics, right? And he's done it for a lot of years. It's not something that's new to him to, to kind of pop those metrics, right? So he, he just does it all. It, like I said, his shot and chance generation are top three to five in the league. He's not efficient, as we said, but I think he could be a bit better, especially at even strength, as we discussed. Plus, like I said, only 1830 average time on ice. So if he, let's say he converts on a couple more chances, like nothing major, and he gets a modest bump in ice time, like a minute, it's freaking blast off time. Get your ass to Mars. All right. Uh, I've never even been to Mars. Yeah, total recall. Um, I love this player. I'm very high on him and the Senators this upcoming season. And we're still just talking points leagues. We'll, we'll talk about this man later. But Brady Kachuk, um, love this player. I'm very excited. I have him projected for 87 points. That includes 40 goals, 47 assists. You know, again, similar power play numbers, 31 power play numbers. And a very, very minor increase in shooting percentage. And then, obviously, his perifs, which we'll talk about soon. But, um, yeah, that, that's sort of where I see Kachuk. I think he has a little room to grow, mostly because of his ice time and the conversion. Can, can, can those two things go up a little bit? And I believe they can. You know, he's still a young guy as well. So, Brady Kachuk for 87 points. Book it. I like that. Let's move on. We're into the top five left wingers here. And at number five, I've got Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's take a look at what Steven did. So the Lightning had a bit of a down season to their standards. And, you know, Stamkos was, was right along with that. Still a great season by all accounts. I mean, played 81 games. You love to see that with Steven Stamkos because of the injury issues that he had for a couple seasons there. But 84 points, 81 games, including 33 goals, 51 assists. Um, shooting percentage, you know, was, was lower than it normally is for him. Again, he's a high conversion guy, um, career average 16.7. He shot 13.8 last season. So that's below where he, where he kind of wants to be. Good thing. Tampa Bay has a, uh, elite ridiculous power play. He popped for 35 power play points there, um, and averaged 19 minutes time on ice. So lots of stuff that, 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 um, is sustainable for Stamkos and a few things that I think can regress positively to give him a little bit better results, a better offensive output. So I do expect a minor increase in that offensive output. He had career lows or close to career lows in a few metrics. So let's look at those at even strength, Steven Stamkos lowest IPP individual points percentage of his career, right? Um, that was just last season. So he, he also had the fourth lowest shooting percentage. So luck metrics last season for Stamkos, not kind, right? He was snake bit. Um, he also had the third worst individual course he for he's ever had. This is all last season in, in a, in a pretty reasonable season, right? 84 points, 81 games. That's nice. So that, that gives me a lot of hope for Stamkos, right? And that's why I'm sort of pro projecting a little bit of a, an increase here. I think they're all those stats I just mentioned. I think they can potentially increase closer to career numbers, you know, we saw Tampa Bay fall off a bit. They sort of backed into the playoffs, and they've just played so much hockey over the last few seasons. I think they'll be better, Stamkos in particular. Um, I did have an interesting conversation. I, I recently guested on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast, and we were talking about Stamkos, and I, and I was talking about his IPP and the shooting percentage, um, but especially the IPP. Um, and he, because they were mentioning, well, he plays on a line with, 
you know, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. And um, that sounds great. And it is great. I'm not even saying that it's not. We, we were just having the conversation that he's got great deployment, and he does. But yes, he played with Kucherov and Point for most of the season. But those guys have their own gravity to them, and they need puck touches, right? They're, they're, they need those possessions as well. So if you look at the monster season that Stamkos had two years ago, uh, where he scored, you know, it was his career high, 106 points in 81 games. If you look at that season, he played mostly with Kalorn and Sorelli. So Alex Kalorn and Sorelli, as opposed to Kuch, Kucherov and Point, who he played with mostly this last season. So the season that he, he popped off playing with Kalorn and Sorelli, he was the big dog, right? And his IPP reflected that, right? It was, I think it was, you know, either the best or the second best of his career, right? Because he had to drive the play because he was the best player on that line. Now, I'm not suggesting that playing with Kucherov and Point was a bad thing for him, but it's just interesting, right? I expect his IPP to rise up from a career worse that he had last season, and he should have a slight bounce back. But the thing I love about Stamkos is his floor is crazy solid, and his perifs are awesome as well. We'll talk about that later. But he's good to go. He's, he's on one of the best power plays in the entire league with access to some of the best power play performers in the game right now. Um, and he's no slouch himself, right? This guy, he, he puts lots of shots on net. I think that'll bounce back as well. He's always a bit of an injury risk. Um, and that's why I think you can get him at value, right? He's getting a little older. So I think that, you know, Stamkos at value in draft season is probably something you'll be able to find. And you won't be sorry if you do. I like the player a lot. I've projected Steven Stamkos for 89 points here. A bit of a bounce back season for him. And I feel good about this as well. Again, this is limited ice time too, just under 19 minutes. So, you know, he's got some headroom there. Again, crushing on the power play, lots of shots, um, and getting that shooting percentage back up to sort of career level numbers. So, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with Stamkos. 89 points. I feel good about that. Book it. All right, number four, we got to talk about Ov Ov Alex Ovechkin. Oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin, he's still going. This man is unbelievable. Like, just one of the most durable players out there. Let's look at what he was able to do last season. In 73 games, 75 points. That's an 84-point pace. I like that. Including 42 goals, right? This man's on a mission. He's crushing right now. Um, his numbers all just... So consistent, right? He shot 14.3% at all strengths last season. That's, you know, his career average is 13.1. You know, so he it's still reasonable. He shoots a ton. He hits a ton. And Ovechkin on the power play. That This is, this guy's, he's, he's on an island all his own on the power play there. They leave him out there for the whole power play. He had a 96.5% power play share on power play one. He averaged, uh, in the last like six seasons, he's averaged well over four minutes power play time on ice. So I love that. You gotta, (laughs) like, there's no other player really getting that kind of deployment on the power play. And that's why Ovechkin is, um, he's just such a lock for, for a good amount of goals. First off, cause he's, he's elite. His shot is elite. His, that one timer there, um, you know, on the bumper, man, that's, that's just, that's legendary stuff, right? But let's take a look at Alex Ovechkin. Um, you know, I love this guy. I love Ovi. I think, you know, at some point we're going to have to expect lower point uh, totals here. I think his numbers are still great. Shots on goal per 60, still over 10 at even strength. And I expect them to stay there, honestly. I, I think shooting percentage at even strength is probably go up a little bit. He was dealing with some injuries and the death of his father last season and was still able to put up an 84-point pace. I love that. So I... Um, this season I have projected him for 86 points. I have him for 46 goals. Um, as he tries to make his way into the history books, his power play deployment will eventually take a hit as well, but I don't think it's going to be this season. They want to get this guy the record, right? And, and if he can do it, then they should just leave him out there. Right. Um, he stays out there the whole thing, as I said, and also we got some neat additions there in Washington, Max patch ready. Um, I don't know if he'll start the season, but as soon as he gets there, he's going to be a big help on the power play. Um, you know, he's a big-time shot generator as well, so maybe Ovi gets a few more assists with Pacioretty out there. Either way, Ovechkin is a worthy draft pick in the first couple rounds of your draft, even in points-only leagues, until he proves otherwise. And because of his age, 
he's probably going to get faded, right? You, you could pick up Ovechkin at value. So it's not a sexy pick when you get Ovechkin, you know, uh, you know, at the end of the first round or halfway through the second or, you know, early second. But, man, is that ever going to pay off? I, I like Ovechkin this year. I think he's good to go. So as I said, I got him projected for 86 points. Ice time for Ovechkin. I've got uh, decreasing a little bit, just under 20 minutes, but that's more than enough time for him to get done what he needs to get done. All right. Thank you, Ovi, for your service, my man. Let's move on to go to the top three in points leagues. Left wingers, we're talking the bread man, Artemi Panarin. You have to pay for the bread. You have to pay for the bread. The bread. <laughs> you have to pay for the bread. <laughs> yeah, this is where Artemi Panarin shines. All right. Um, uh, he's a great points league player. He's a threat for 100 points almost every season. Let's take a look at what he did last year with New York. Played all 82 games. That's great for a 92, 92 points. He had 29 goals, 63 assists. Um, had a reasonable shooting percentage, 14.2%. Uh, his career average is 14.3, so that's right in line. And he killed on the power play, as usual. Um, 36 power play points there, mostly assists, but he, he's, a, he's a beast on the power play. And his ice time, um, 19 minutes, 36 seconds. Very reasonable, very sustainable. I think something we can count on probably next season. So um, let's look under the hood for Panarin here. At... Uh, um, 5v5, he had the second lowest shots on goal per 60 of his career. So I, I kind of like to see that sometimes because <laughs> it always makes me think, well, that's going to go up, right? Especially like he's not like this isn't some old man. He's he's a, still still a relatively young guy, you know, at uh, 31 years old. And I think that's going to go up as the second lowest shots on goal per 60 of his career. Um, he had the lowest individual scoring chances for uh, of his career. At 5v5, right? And his shooting percentage was the highest that he's ever had. So that kind of balanced things out. So I think the shooting percentage will come down. But those other metrics are going to go up, right? And balance it out. I think he'll shoot a little bit more next season. I've projected him to do so. And probably convert a little bit less. So everything will likely kind of just maintain. The amazing power play numbers and deployment, that's not going to change, right? He's still going to be out there crushing and I really like the addition of Blake Wheeler. I think that's going to be a nice piece. I don't know if Wheeler is going to be, you know, where he's going to play. He might be. Uh, right now, Daily Face, I was showing him with Vinny Tro, for show, and uh, Panarin and Blake Wheeler. That's a nice line. I, I think Blake Wheeler's got some gas in the tank for sure, and he's landed a plum spot in the top six in New York. So that should be good for Panarin, I think, eat even strength. And then on the power play, he's looking at Blake Wheeler or Vinny Tro for the center on power play one. So nothing's really going to change there. I just, I, I feel hit, Panarin's floor is ridiculously solid. You know, he's not an exciting fantasy player to me, but the fact that he's a 90-point guy with a 100-point ceiling, if he stays healthy, um, that, that's all I need to see, right? And, you know, he's on one of the best power plays in the league. So in points leagues, Panarin, you're never going to be disappointed with drafting this man. Um, obviously, he's much more valuable in points leagues than category leagues, which we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm big on Panarin, and I think he's going to have a great season. Okay, down to the top two uh, left wingers here, early uh, left wingers in points leagues. And honestly, these guys could be interchangeable. I, I had a hard time sort of deciding what I wanted to do, but at number two, I've got... Uh, Kaprasov, Kirill Kaprasov of the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, let's let's take a look at what Big Cap was able to do. Um, he had a bit, definitely a down season, right? Um, two years ago in 2021-22, he had 108 points in 81 games, really kind of blasting off to superstardom, right? 109-point pace. And then last year kind of came down to earth a little bit with some injuries and just some other things that were ongoing there, but... 67 games played, 75 points, including 40 goals, right? Which is excellent. So shooting percentage was reasonable as well. It, it did go down, um, you know, 15.3% is what he shot last year. And then 16.3 in his big year. So nothing crazy, right? Shots on goal per game went up. Power play performance, he hit a career high, 32 power play points. And his ice time went uh, ballistic. Um you know, in his big season in Minnesota there, he averaged 19 minutes and 6 seconds. Last season in Minnesota, he went all the way up to 21 minutes and 7 seconds. So this guy's arrived. He's getting 
elite deployment, and I don't think that's going to change. So let's take a look at what we think Kaprasov is going to do this year. So under the hood, Kaprasov, shots on goal per 60 were down last season, and this is at even strength. I think they're going to regress up closer to the numbers he posted two years ago, and that was around 9.7, right, which is approaching that 10 shots on goal per 60 threshold that I like to see. I also expect shooting percentage at even strength to increase as well. Um, so he w did have a little bit of a down season at even strength. So I think those things are going to come back up. Power play is still going to be killer and could even improve, right? If, if Cap, first off, stays healthy, and then guys like Matt Boldy, Kalen Addison continue to improve, right? But uh, Cap is the guy in many, and that's not going to change. So that gives me confidence um, as he's done that before, right? He's been the guy and he's been comfortable doing that. He's going to get, he's going to get over 20 minutes. No question. Now he's going to get all the deployment, all the offensive opportunities he wants. And maybe at some point Boldy joins him at even strength that might raise the ceiling for both men. Um, which, which I'd love to see. I'd love to see them sort of experiment with that and, and let's see how it goes. But you know, for now he has, uh, Kaprasov does have a great line with Ryan Hartman and the zucchini man, Matt Zuccarello. So a, a full season with uh, Ryan Hartman, I think, should help as well. You know, he was injured coming into the season and was on and off the line throughout the second half there. But I think Hartman and Zuccarello play well with Kaprasov. I think Kaprasov, too. I mean, if you listen to our three-round mock draft we just did with uh, Josh and John Binkle, Kaprasov went in the second round kind of like, you know, almost second half of the second round. So that is ridiculous value because I think this is a borderline first round value guy, but I bet he might fall to the second in some spots just due to the quiet second half he had of last season and the injuries. Maybe people aren't so sure about cap, right? And when that's the case, you snap them up. All right. You pick them up. You go, you drive to the airport. You, you have the sign Kaprasov, Mr. Kaprasov, please get in the car. You're joining my fantasy team. All right. I love you, my man. So I'm excited about Kaprasov next season. I've got him projected for 104 points, including 53 goals. I think he's going to hit the 50-goal mark this season. And I'm excited about the player. Um, and I, again, I think you can get him at value. All right? Let's move on. Let's talk about the last guy, Jason Robertson. I got to mention this guy. Yeah. I think he's the number one over Kaprasov just because of his situation. I like his situation there in Dallas better than I like Kaprasov's situation in Minnesota. Robertson has way more to work with. The on-ice numbers are going to be ridiculous because of the lines that he's playing with. You know, Rupa Hints, we've talked about him on the pod quite a bit, just how he drives play. And, um, and I think Hints is going to have an even bigger season than he had last year. It's just, it's arrows up for Robertson and the Dallas Stars. And let's look at the season he had. My God. 82 games, that's great. Um, 109 points, including 46 goals. Excellent. Plus 37. Very nice. You know, his shooting percentage is 14.7, down from 18.6 the season previous. So I think he, he maybe has a little room there to grow, but he just went off with shots on goal per game, and we'll talk about that. Um, but 41 power play points. That, that's really where the uh, positive regression came. Not all pee-pee times are poo-poo times. But all poo-poo times are pee-pee times. The power play in Dallas is incendiary and it's good to go. I don't think that's going to change really. So another thing I love about Jason Robertson, his deployment, um, just under 19 minutes. So 18 minutes, 50 seconds for Jason Robertson. He could get more, right? That's what I love. That's what I love to see in players like this. So that's what he did last season. Let's talk about what might happen this upcoming season. So first off, I, just for Jason Robertson, I, I like his ceiling a touch more, um, like I said, over Kaprasov. And the Dallas power play I like better than the Minnesota power play. They're top tier, right? They were fifth overall in the league, and I don't think that's going to change. When I dug under the hood here on Jason Robertson, I didn't feel like regression was really coming on many stats. It seemed right in line with things that he's done so far in his career. And everything he did just seems somewhat sustainable to me. So... Um, yeah, I don't have too much to say on Jason Robertson, honestly, because I just think that um, he could possibly get some more ice time, and that could even increase what, what we see here, right? But the power play numbers are going to be solid. I think the even strength numbers were reasonable. The power play, like, it, it's just all kind of coming together, and he's still a young guy. Jason Robertson, 24. That's crazy. So I hope he stays healthy next season. I think he could 
become even more, even a more elite option than he was this previous season. So I like the player and I haven't projected for 107 points. So that, that again, just seems pretty reasonable to me. I think there's some, like I said, there's room to go there. I have his ice time at 19 minutes and, and uh, 15 seconds. So yeah, does, if he get, does he get up over, does he add a minute to that? If he adds a minute, add a bunch of points, right? He can get over 110. So that's where I'm at with Robinson. I like that. And I did say I want to do uh, a quick top 10, early top 10 category league left wingers. I'm not going to get too much into the metrics here. This is going to be more kind of lightning round, but I did want to get that out there as well. So before that, though, let me know what you think about my points league top 10 left wingers. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Am I way off base? Am I just a total dingus? I don't know. Um, all right, let's get into it. Category leagues, top 10. I'm going to go uh, number 10 down, all right? At number 10, I've got Alex Debrinkit. We already talked about, you know, sort of what I expect for him in Detroit, but what we didn't mention is the perifs. The perifs are stupid. You know, last two seasons, um, 101 hits, 109 hits, right? His shots on goal are pretty good too. 270 shots on goal, 263 shots on goal. He's a small guy, but... He doesn't play small. He's a little fireball out there. And I think Detroit um, kind of is going to respect that type of play and sort of ask for it as well. So I think he'll get over 100 hits next season. So that's one of the reasons that I have him here. And as I said, I had him projected for 84 points with over 100 hits. So that's why he's in your category league at number 10. Um, number nine, uh, just kind of a fun one I've thrown in here. Philip Forsberg. Yeah, people forgot about this man. He's a beefer. Yeah, he's a ridiculous beefer. Um, you know, he only played 50 games last season, 42 points. That's a 69-point pace. Nice. Yeah. So, it, I mean, we didn't get to see full Philip Forsberg and Nashville, uh, another team that was decimated by injuries. Um, they just they just fell off a cliff, right? We got Tommy Novak out there playing, uh, you know, number one center minutes. So... You know, it'll be nice when we'll have a full season of Philip Forsberg, full season of Roman Yossi. It's going to make a huge difference. And even in these 50 games that Forsberg played last year, his ice time was down. He played only 17 minutes and 30 seconds, whereas the season before he played 18, and the season before that he played 18. So, you know, it's in the wheelhouse, but it was down a little bit, right? And we all know two years ago, you know, 2021-22 season, Nashville's power play went off. Everybody was eating. It was good. He got 27 power play points himself last season in 15 games, only 13 power play points. So it was, it was just a down season for him and a down season for the, the Predators in general. But one thing I love about Philip Forsberg, the advanced metrics, you know, shots of goal per 60 at even strength, 9.8. That's excellent. As you know, shooting percentage at even strength. It was the third highest of his career. Individual scoring chances four per 60. He's over the 10 mark, um, 10 individual scoring chances four per 60. That's what we want to see out of an offensive player, right? Um, and the reason we're talking about this man truly is because he bangs, all right? Big time banger, 86 hits in 50 games. Uh, last season, 69 games, 112 hits, right? Like, we got to get this man playing a full season because he'll get well over 100 hits. And I think you'll be able to get this man at mega value because everybody's going to be so down on Nashville. But Forsberg in a bangers cats league, beautiful. You got to get him on your team. Book it. I like this man. All right, number eight. We're talking about Andre Svechnikov. Yeah, this guy. Um, <laughs> he plays for Carolina. That should be a red flag right there. What the hell? Um, we don't know what kind of deployment this man's going to get. Power play one, power play two, power play three, power play four. What are they doing? I don't know. But uh, he's a great offensive player. He's still, he's only 23. I was saying this uh, again on the draft show there. Um, feels like he's been in the league forever. This is this is going to be his sixth season. So I'm not going to go too much on Andrei Sveshnikov here, but he did get 55 points in 64 games. That's a 70-point pace over 82 games. That's probably what we can expect this season, 70 to 80 points, deployment depending, but... You know, the thing we love about Sveshnikov, the perifs, the beautiful peripherals. So in 2021-22, his last full season, he had 189 hits. Yes, 
This guy beefs out of control, all right? Um, yeah, he's just whacking people on the regular. Last season in 64 games, 140 hits. So you know he's going to do that. That is a huge part of the game, you know, when you're looking at Bangers Cats. And I think there's so much more room for him to go on the power play. Just the issue is, like, does he get it consistently, right? We know Rod Brindamore puts his lines in a blender most of the time and pisses everybody off. But, you know, right now, Daily Faceoff is showing Andrei Svechnikov on the first power play. That would be where I would like to see him for sure. Um, you know, it, it's just, just stay there for the season. Like, I think this man could get 80 points with beautiful perifs. So that's all. That's all I wanted to mention on Andrei Svechnikov. I mean, last season too, shots and goal per 60, highest mark of his career at 9.51. Highest shooting percentage of his career at even strength, 12.06. It's beautiful, right? Individual scoring chances for highest of his career per 60, 9.78. He's trending upward, all right? He's going to come back healthy. Um, and I love, I remember when Carolina was playing in the playoffs and this guy was like getting that siren going, that that hurricane warning or whatever siren they have there in rally. That's sick. You could tell this guy wanted to be on the ice. I'm a fan of the player as well, just like the person. I think he's a... He's a beauty, and he's going to be a guy I'm watching this season. Hopefully have a big season. I think you probably get him at value too. Okay? All right, next up. Next up, we're talking about my guy, Evander Kane. All right? Hens love roosters. He's love ganders. Uh, again, not going to talk too much on this man as I've talked about him plenty, but he's, a, he's an incredible value in category leagues. There's no question. I've, I've projected this man already for 65 points, including 35 goals. And most of that's at even strength, right? Because he doesn't get any power play time. And I've talked about this. If he gets a sniff on power play one, you know, we're, we could have a, we could have a much better, like it, it's just icing on top of the cake because his floor is solid. His floor is just even strength production, which he does very well. And he shoots and he hits. And if you're in a, if you're in a uh, penalty minute league, he does that too. All right. He gets plenty of those. Um, you know, shout out to Bangers Fantasy Hockey. So he's a great player. I'm excited for him. Category leagues, it's a no-brainer. You, you you pick up a Vander Kane as soon as you can. You're not going to get the offensive output there, but everything else is elite. All right. Next up, we're giving uh, it's going to be Steven Stamkos. You know, we talked about him already and what he's bringing to the table, the the offense that he's bringing to the table, the access to that amazing power play in Tampa Bay, but. You know, last season, 92 hits, 51 blocks. The season before, 93 hits, 31 blocks. He's had a season of over 100 hits twice. So he does that. He's a beefer. And, it, you know, you, you combine that with the elite offensive production that he can bring. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. So Steven Stamkos there at number six. At number five in category leagues, left-wingers, I'm putting Timo Meyer there. We talked about why I, I talked about the ceiling on Timo Meyer and just how much I like the player, but the perifs. Oh my God. So uh, elite shots, you know, he's had 326 shots for two straight seasons. That's amazing. Hits insane. You know, 154 hits last season, 37 blocks the season before he had 61 blocks. So he can do that as well. I'm just a big fan of the player. I hope he gets some reasonable deployment um, and it doesn't go too far down because um, deployment is really key in category leagues because you need to be out there to accrue those statistics, right? It's not like rates per 60 matter so much, right? You actually have to be out on the ice to get hits, to get shots, to get blocks, to get penalty minutes. So yeah, I just hope that uh, his, his deployment stays reasonable. I think they're paying him like a first line, first power play player. So I think 18 to 19 minutes, totally reasonable for Meyer. And that's what we like to see. All right. And number four, Alex Ovechkin. Beautiful. Yep. We know what he does, right? Um, it, it's still like last season, 188 hits. Damn. That's his highest total in four seasons. So that's not slowing down, right? He's just getting angrier. He, he's got old man strength. He's just, he's just biffing people out of the way. Did, did anyone here play... Tecmo Super Bowl for Nintendo. I, I know I'm kind of, you know, on the older side here, but Tecmo Super Bowl, Nintendo, there was this player on Kansas City Chiefs. His name was Christian Okoye. The Nigerian nightmare the man was. And basically, long story short, when you do a, a running play with Christian Okoye, people just bounce off him and then you run to the end zone and he does like a good little dance. That's Ovechkin. Just get the hell off me. He's beefing people out of control. Shout out to Tecmo Super Bowl for Nintendo. 
Um, yeah, Ovechkin is a great category league player. So keep an eye out there. He's, he's, he's borderline first round. Probably should be first round in a Cats league. Next up, uh, Jason Robertson falls from number one to number three in the category leagues because he doesn't do anything peripherally. <laughs> so, But he's still elite offensively, right? And I had this conversation with uh, Binksy on our draft show. And yeah, I still sort of believe this. I think elite offensive production is harder to get than peripherals. I feel like you can get peripherals on the waiver wire. Um, they're a little easier to get, whereas, you know, elite offensive production, that's that's not so easy to get. And I guess someone who has access to the insane power play they have there in Dallas, yeah, I think it, it's, it's going to bump him down a little bit, right? He's not number one, but, you know, I've got him at number three here. So I think he's going to have a great season. What did he do periphery last season? Let's take a look. 57 hits. Okay, that's not that's not horrible, right? That I actually thought it was a little bit less than that. So 57 hits, very reasonable. If he can do 50 and over, boom, I'm loving that. Um, so that said, I've got Kaprasov over him at number two. And I'll tell you why he hits more. He scores goals more. I think he's going to get more goals. And, and I put a premium in category leagues on goal scoring because I think that's the hardest category to get. So that's why I've got Kaprasov over Jason Robertson here because I think he's going to score more goals and he hits more. So yeah, uh, I like the I like the player again. Could get him at value, especially in category leagues. Uh, Kirill Kaprasov, and then number one, big Brady Kachuk. It's not really a surprise. This guy's ridiculous, just ludicrous. Three hundred forty-seven shots last season. One hundred twenty-six penalty minutes. Two hundred forty-two hits. My God, like. How does he do this every year? Like, it's not just, he's a unicorn. He's a straight unicorn uh, in fantasy hockey, and he, he's the number one left winger in the game in fantasy hockey. Probably a top three, or definitely a top five fantasy pick in your drafts in a category league. Brady Kachuk's got to go. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got. Those are my two top 10 lists there for category and points leagues. Let me know what you think. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you like this content, let me know. I'm going to continue on with right wingers next. Um, but you're going to get the, uh, Monday show for apples and genos, and then I'll pop, uh, a couple other ones out continuing on this positional series next week. So I hope you guys enjoy your week. Have a great weekend and celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary. necessary.